listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. I would say to a younger parent, find somebody with a map and get close to them. Don't be afraid and, and pray and ask God to direct you because you're your child's advocate and you'll never stop learning. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, I am so glad that you are joining us this week. My guests are Tangi and Andy Winstead, and they live in Wilson, North Carolina, and have been married for 25 years. They have four children, including 23-year-old twins, Zachary and Caleb, who both have profound special needs and require 24-7 care. Andy and Tangi are very involved with loving and serving other special needs families in their community, and they are such an inspiration. I know you will love getting to know more about them in this episode. So here's the conversation I had with Andy and Tangi Winstead. Hey, Andy and Tangi, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Good to be on here. We are excited to be with you. Well, I'm excited to have you guys on here. And, you know, Tangi, we've met a couple of times through some of the online groups that we have. And um, I know a little bit about your story, but I cannot wait to learn more today. And then to hear from Andy, hear from your perspective as a dad as well. So thank you guys. And, you know, as we get started, just briefly tell us about your family and where you guys live and what, you know, what your life looks like. We're uh, from Wilson, North Carolina, uh, parents of three boys, one girl. Um, our oldest son uh, is 37. Our daughter is 24. We have twins with special needs that are 23. Grandparents of two boys, 10 and 5 years old, um, been married for 25 years. And we both are previously married. So we came out of uh, broken relationships, broken marriages, uh, and we met up and from there. That is great. And I know you've talked about twins and that you've got, you know, your twin boys who are your ones that have special needs. So tell us about your, your boys that your twins. Tangie. Um, oh, Andy, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we have twins, Caleb and Zachary, um, 23 years old. They were born with twin to twin transfusion at 32 weeks. Um, Zach. Did you, weighed, so did you say it, did you say it 22 weeks? 32 weeks. They were born at 32 weeks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they had what's called twin to twin transfusion, which uh, one twin was getting more of the nutrients than the other twin. And so that's okay. where they did the uh, uh, cesarean to have, again, have them delivered. And Zach, when he was born, he weighed three pounds, 12 ounces. Caleb weighed a pound, 13 ounces. Uh, wow. Zach was in the NICU for three months. Caleb was there for uh, six months. Both have cerebral palsy. Um, Zach also has autism. Both are in wheelchairs. Um, Caleb has a little bit more of the severe disabilities. He's legally blind, nonverbal. So we have two different ends of the spectrum with him. Mm. Uh, you got Zach who's verbal, who can feed himself, uh, tell us what his wants and needs are, but he's still battling with the autism, which is uh, more of a mental battle with him and with Caleb's more physical because of his limitations. Both are 
totally dependent upon us for their day-to-day care. Zach can do a little bit more for himself, but yeah. uh, as far as, you know, doing all the bathroom showers and all that, we do all that for them. Mm. And I can only imagine, you know, early on you have other children, your twins are born, you know, they're spending months and months in the hospital, in the NICU. What was that like for you early on caring um, for two children with with special needs in addition to your other children? I mean, it was hard. Um, at the time we were married, um, I was instantly a, a mom <laughs> and mm. um, had, hadn't had my own children yet. So I was learning how to parent and it was very hard. Um, my stepson at the time, which I call my son, I never say the word step. He's part of our family and he's my son. Um, he was 13 at the time. So just imagine you're going through a divorce, your mom and dad's divorced and, and now you're stepping into a new family and here come mm. some twins behind our one-year-old daughter. Um, it was a lot of adjusting. I, I, I will be honest. It was hard. Um, it was not easy. Um, being in NICU, I would go from one room to the other because they didn't put them in the same room. And I actually oh, wow. lived on campus at Ron McDonald House. And um, I mean, how do you leave your house and your daughter and your new son and go live in the Ron McDonald House and then try to make mm-hmm. life work? It was very hard. I just didn't know where I was at or where I was going or from day to day where the kids going to live. They were high risk. They could die at any time. Um, We were all just sitting on like hot coals and, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just trying to trust God at the same time. And you're just, you don't understand. And that's not the way um, a mom, you know, takes her kids in and loves them and nurtures them and everything. You're just in another world. You you didn't plan for, nobody told you about it. You just know you're a high risk. Mm. Wow. It's hard. There's no book to prepare you. There's, I mean, like why conversation with somebody with you, right? Yeah. And going in and just not knowing and, and then having all the unexpected things that happened. And did you have a good support system at that time? Did you have people who came alongside and helped you as you know, you're in the hospital and then you have your other children? Did you have a good support system? My mother and my father um, helped me a lot with my daughter. And then Andy's mother helped him a lot with Mark, um, our mm-hmm. oldest son. Um, and so they were there uh, for us. So I would say yes. And I think there was a lot of family members that helped out too, Absolutely. cousins and so forth who stepped up when yeah. we were making hospital visits. They were going with mm-hmm. us up to the hospital. So, yeah, we had a pretty good support system at the time. That's mm-hmm. so, so good. Well, I know you guys probably hadn't been married very long when this happened, just a couple of years, I'm assuming, and when the boys were born. And so, you know, you, you're coming out of a broken relationship, it sounds like, from both for both of you. And then coming into this new relationship, so how did it impact your marriage uh, as as newlyweds? You know, or new in marriage. How did it impact your your marriage? And then, what about your other children? Well, it was uh, we're coming into it. You got two different uh, parenting skills. The way that I was doing things, the way she uh, was doing things, and obviously, I was a been a dad to her at that time for twelve years with my son. Um, she never had any kids, so it, it it was a difficult situation. It was stressful. Uh, 
our oldest, Mark, he was rebellious at the time, uh, defiant. It didn't make things any easier. Uh, he was trying to learn his way or try to find his way. Uh, so you try to do the best you can with what you got. Uh, I was working a lot. Um, fortunately, the company I was working with at the time had a location in the city where they were in the hospital, which was about an hour and 10 minutes away from where we live. And so I was able to work up in that location and go to the hospital at night. But still, uh, when you're separated, it's, you know, good and bad because you're not uh, it's good to where you can get alone, time to think, pray to things like that. But then you're trying to work things out on the day-to-day basis on hospital visits and things like that. So it is, it was a stressful time. Uh, and it took a while. It, yeah. uh, and uh, it, it took probably years to, to get things going in, in the right direction. So it was a process. Yeah. It's, it's, it impacts everyone, doesn't it? It impacts, you know, your marriage. It impacts the, the siblings, uh, grandparents, everybody becomes part of this journey you know, when you're living life, especially in the hospital and just all the stress that comes along with that. Um, but your boys are grown, you know, they're 23 now. And so tell us about them today. Tell us about what they enjoy doing, kind of what their day-to-day looks like. Now, are, are they out of school at this point, uh, being at 23? What, what do things look like for you guys on a daily basis? So um, we... Actually, it, we live in a, a really neat little situation. Um, who would expect to raise their children forever? <laughs> I guess number one, right. really think about that, right? right? And so, you know, I was kind of like running the show, meaning he would go to work, I'd stay home, normal parenting stuff. And one day, because they turn of age, um, we're with, uh, well, we have a system with the state of North Carolina where we can have staff come in. And I was able to become a staff and I was so excited. You know what I'm saying? Like you're excited because you can stay home and make money by caring for your own child. But then the same thing, that's a little strange that you're excited to do that (laughs) when you personally need a break. Um, (laughs) I know you understand what I'm saying, Becky. I do understand. I do. So, you know, I have my mother. I have uh, my daughter. Believe it or not, she actually wants to work here. <laughs> and um, then I have a couple more ladies on board. Um, then it gets to the point where you're constantly on the road. So you understand, Becky, mm-hmm. too, about right. special. Right. And everybody's not at your back door. So you have to travel 45 minutes, an hour and a half, two hours down right. the road to receive specialty assistance with mm-hmm. whatever your child mm-hmm. going through. Um, right. So. I used to do all the running <laughs> or traveling or PTOT speech and all of that, but it got to a point to where I had to get Andy on board. So our day-to-day looks like that. Mm. Or we have staffing going on. So he quit his job, and now he's a permanent staff. But Zachary likes to play piano by ear. He likes to talk on the phone with his friends. On his, he likes to get on his iPad. Um he has to teach me a lot of things about technology because I, I thought I knew something, but mm. he knows everything about Instagram <laughs> and everything. And I'm like, how did you do that? There you go. Um, he likes to attend gospel singings. He loves music. He prayed that God would give him a talent and to be used by God. And he can play gospel music by ear or any kind of music he wants to. It's amazing. And, wow. Yeah. Because when he was born, um, he wasn't supposed to be here. 2020 transfusion is a high risk pregnancy. Um, Caleb's day to day, 
Um, they both have to have staffing. Um, they can't do any personal care stuff without help. Um, he's currently recovering from a couple of surgeries. I think the last time we were going to try to talk with you, he was actually going through a surgery and he was recovering from a surgery. So he's doing well from the surgeries. I'm doing very good. And um, he loves to listen to music. Um, he loves anything to do with like sensory seeking type things um, because he's visually impaired. So he's very limited. Um, but we try mm-hmm. to give them both the best life, but they do need hands on all day, every day, or they would not survive yeah. without somebody assisting. Being there with the dailies and all those mm-hmm. things. And so what um, what is it about them? You know, I know you so often like when you're out in the community and people see our families and they only see the wheelchair, they only see the autism, they only see, you know, the disabilities. But we, you know, when we're with our kids and loving our kids, we get to see the unique beauty that God created in our kids. So what is it about your boys that you just love that maybe... Someone down, walking down the street is not going to see. But what is something about your boys that's unique that you love? I think with uh, Zachary, he is really uh, perceptive. He can read people. Uh, he picks up on bad vibes. Or if he, even with staff or mm-hmm. someone's working with them, he knows mm-hmm. uh, is, this ain't working. Yeah. So he, he picks up on it pretty quick. And so that's one of the... A lot of people don't see that. A lot of people, like when we're at church, he greets at church and things like that. Very outgoing, very friendly, uh, very sociable, but he can read people also. That's what a lot of people don't know. They just see the loving nature of them. Mm. Uh, with Caleb, um, he has a very high tolerance to pain. He can handle, he's had probably 26 surgeries so far. Mm. Uh, wow. and he's, he handles pain very well. And, uh, He's probably, uh, and he was born with a halo around his head. So he's, like I say, he, if he's anybody's closer to Jesus, he is because uh, uh, <laughs> one that probably he's never committed to sin. He's probably closest to it because yeah. <laughs> he's nonverbal. Uh, he's never caused any problems. I mean, he's had his bouts with uh, surgeries and pain and things like that, but uh, he just takes it. I mean, he's he's tough. He's a warrior. Mm. And don't you just love that? I love that about my son and. You know, I love that about our kids. Your son sounds very similar to John Alex in a lot of ways. Um, and, and that same respect, I mean, he goes through so much. He'll, he'll come out of a seizure smiling. You know, he'll come out of something hard and he's happy and joyful. And I'm like, oh, just to have an ounce of that, uh, he that change the world. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like I look at my husband, I'm like, Ooh, like how incredible to be around someone like that. It's amazing mm. because, Ooh, I mean, that's a gift, Becky. That is a truly a God giving totally. gift. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your mind around yeah. it. And it's hard to share that with people unless they live in our shoes mm-hmm. and exactly. they can experience exactly. that personally, up close and personal. And you know what, Becky, Mm -hmm. it's amazing when our children give that gift to us when we're walking through the hard, you know, hard things. I start praying. I'm like, Jesus, help me because help me find joy when it's hard. And that's when Caleb will just 
laugh or he'll, I'll hold mm. his hand. I'll say, squeeze me. If it, you know, hold my hand or give me a high five. And he can do that. And for others, mm-hmm. they may not see where that's worth anything, but I see it and I recognize oh him. I'll turn on worship music even when I'm going through a bad time. And he's over there just smiling like him and Jesus have got a conversation mm-hmm. going on. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And <laughs> I want to know. Like, I want to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, I... and it's like, God's here. Tangie, he's here and he sees mm-hmm. you and he hears you. And he, um, one day Caleb and I are going to have a conversation. And I have a lot I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um. And when you go this long without ever having, I love you, or um, mama help me, or mama I hurt, mm-hmm. um, and you're totally having to read, read their face or their body language, it yeah. hurts as a mama. And we just feel like, mm-hmm. are we doing the very best we can? And um, yeah. I, I just can't wait to the day that we get to talk. Oh, I, I'm with you. That's one of the things that keeps me going on the dailies is just knowing that all the hard here, everything's going to be made new. And and we're not, you know, our boys are going to be able to have conversations. Our kids are going to be playing together. And, you know, just that gets keeps me going. And I, and I think, you know, I was having a conversation with someone uh, over the weekend and talking about, you know, in, in the world here, our kids look are looked at as the least of these, you know, the least of these. But in God's economy, Boy, you know, that's going to be that upside down world when when people see our kids as God really, truly created them to be. I, I cannot wait to see your kids and, and my son and to have those conversations. And that is what keeps me going, you know, but, you yeah. know, we have to also though look to the future and like what what that's going to look like. You know, your sons, you know, are 23 now. And, you know, when you when you look uh, to the future down the road, what what are some of those thoughts that arise for you as as parents of these amazing boys? Well, I think the you know, one of the things is we want, regardless of the future, is we want the others to see their value. I think that you get to a mm-hmm. point, even with uh, going to doctor's visits, and we've uh, gone through this before, is uh, – the doctors will tell you, well, we, do we just want to keep him out of pain or, or are you looking for his value of life? And they, they just try to keep him out of pain, just try to sustain him, get him through it. But we want others to see the value. Uh, and yes. fortunately, uh, we've got older kids who are willing to uh, take on uh, responsibility if something were to happen to us. Our uh, daughter-in-law, who was in my Sunday school class when I used to teach uh, high school uh, Bible uh Sunday school, she actually went to school for special needs. And so she graduated from that. So she's a special needs teacher. And uh, so she stepped in if, uh, and my oldest son, if anything were to happen to us. And then we've got our daughter. So we feel a little bit better than we did five years ago. Uh, hey, what's going to happen to mm-hmm. us? Who's going to take kids? All our, uh, I don't, I've got one brother still left uh, alive who's older who wouldn't be able to take care of them. Uh, Tangie has a sister and brother-in-law that wouldn't be able to take care of them. Uh, so you, what's going to happen to them if anything happens to us? So we're, we feel better now than we did five years ago. And it's, you know, it's God's yeah. plan. We try to rush things, but, you know, we have to be patient on it. But we, you know, it's each one has the value they can bring. We just want other people to see the value that they have. 
Yeah. And also I want to make sure they stay in church. It's so important that they know God loves them, sees them, hears them, and to continue on um, being the Luke 14 church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so we true. want that yeah. to continue because even when we're gone, um, we want to leave a legacy of these people need to be heard and seen because, you know, Becky, it's like this. As long as we continue to stay here, um, people are going to continue to have children that are going to be mentally or physically disabled, whether they're born that way or whether there have been an accident of all mm-hmm. ages. God doesn't stop loving yeah. us when we graduate high school. <laughs> the services right, right. continue. Continue. <laughs> yes. Amen. And yes. um, that's been very hard for me is what mm-hmm. is the future look like? And right now, that's why we're so passionate about what we're doing in our church. We want people to know this is more than what people can think like, but you mm-hmm. are good enough to do it. Just show up with a servant's heart and, 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 and love on these kids. That's what they need. And their siblings. Right. It's not just the kids. Yeah. It's also the siblings. It's the entire family. You know what, Becky, you probably feel like I do, but I feel like I have special needs when I go to church. <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm coming out yes. of trauma zone when I leave the house and I walk in church and I'm like, right. I'm supposed to like relax or am I supposed to still be in my zone of like uh, alertness right. or, you know, what do you do and, and how do you get your church to continue on the legacy? This week's episode is brought to you by the Shipsy family in honor of John Alex Davidson's 26th birthday. Happy birthday, John Alex. To learn more about how you can sponsor an episode, see the link in the show notes. Yeah, well, and that's a great segue into what I wanted to ask you about next because that's something that you guys have done. You have, I love talking to people who have used their pain, used their story, but then to turn it around and impact other people. And that's exactly what you guys have done. And so tell us, you talked a little bit about what you've been doing at your church. Share a little bit about what you guys do about your parents' night out and uh, what you do with your church there in your hometown. Well, we started uh, last year. uh, I'm on the council at the church and we were going through on some ideas and it kind of got placed in my spirit that we need to be doing something for special needs families. So we kind of came together, uh, Tangie and I, come up with some ideas. Okay, what can we do for the families? What can we do for special needs? So we, uh, last July was our first event. It's called Parents Night Out, and it's for individuals with special needs and their siblings. What it does, it gives the parents or caretakers an opportunity to, to bring their kids to us, drop them off with us. We take care of, care of them for three hours while the parents get a break to we have a date night, uh, go shopping, just get time alone. And, uh, it's really picked up. Uh, we, when we started this and when I presented this to our church, one of the things that we know that the church is hurt, one of the areas that hurts volunteers, because you only have a certain amount of people that volunteer within the church to help out. We said, well, we want to get the people in the community to come and volunteer. We don't want to put the burden on the church for only the church to volunteer. We had a lot of people within the church that volunteered, which was great. And we had a lot of people outside the church that came in and volunteered. But it's we do it once a month. Uh, we do activities. We feed the kids. Uh, we give them gifts. Um, we have a bouncy house. We have arts and crafts. We have uh, music, games. Um, our first responders come out. Uh, 
our daughter manages the farm. She brings the horses out occasionally for them to kind of groom the horses out there. Uh, so there's a lot that we just basically take care of the kids for three hours. The parents who usually mm. wouldn't drop the kids and leave them, they do leave them. They, they're a little apprehensive, but they'll leave them and then come back in three hours and pick them up. So it's worked out well. We started out with uh, actually our first one event. We want to start small. We started with 12. And then we, our last event, we had 42 kids to come out to that. It, it can be as big wow. as we want it to be. Our challenge, just like anywhere else, is volunteers. And we're fault. And mm-hmm. it always comes up to the day of the event that we're short of volunteers. But uh, right. I tell right. I said, I said, you know, don't worry about it. God's going to make a way. And he always does. He always yes. makes a way for us to have the right number of volunteers. But we see it grow. And uh, and if you have a, a son or daughter or a grandson or daughter with special needs, you spot other individuals within the community and you mm-hmm. see them. We've had people that have walked past our house to go over to the fire, uh, uh, through the fire department to go over to the soccer field behind us, and uh, they have special needs kids. And we yeah. stop and talk to them, and mm-hmm. hey, this is what we got going. So you kind of spot it when you go out. You, I, I can spot somebody with autism. I can spot somebody that has a special need because mm-hmm. if you're around long right. enough, you can see where other people wouldn't. You can. So we just in our cars and let people know, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We have people that come, uh, families come as far as an hour and a half away to come to the event. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's, it's a really good event. It, it touched the most. We hear a lot of good testimonies from the parents that are coming out. We had one family that came out, uh, that hadn't had a break in five years. They hadn't been able to get out in five years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a, a blessing for them. To come. It blesses us just like it does them. Also um, date nights, Becky. Yeah. Um, a lot of our families haven't been on a date in years. <laughs> And that's right. one of the first things the doctors ask us when we get our appointments. When is the last time you and your husband went on a date? And I'm like, mm-hmm. um, does staying at home include you? Does that count? He was like, no. <laughs> Even though your child's in the other room and you might have them asleep, it does not count. You need yeah. to get out. And so, um, you know, people always ask, why, why don't you and Andy go out? And I'm just like, because I want to serve. Because mm. I... I never had it, and I want to make mm-hmm. sure the parents. And that's my heart. Well, do you? What do um, you do for you? What do you do things for you then outside of that, or or are you just pouring out to others? Because you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm going to say. If you're if you're only just pouring out to others, I see that face, Tangie. <laughs> well, I had to be honest because you know Jesus is listening. Well, um, and then one of the things. <laughs> And to be honest with you, now we'll speak for her and she'll speak for herself. One of the things that we battled for a long period of time as we were going through the journey of the 23 years was uh, one of the things with Tangie was she didn't want to get out. I said, let's just go get something to eat. And she wouldn't want to do that. I was always getting out because I was going to work. I was getting out. I was meeting right. with other people. I'd take time away and, and I would do things. She wouldn't. So it's that was a slow progress to go through and do or process for her to be able to get out. And it's still, it's a, it's a battle that you fight because you get into that cocoon and you don't want to get out of it. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. it makes it more difficult. It's, it, it's coming along. So it's a, it's a slow process. It's something we're working on. Uh, and well, so and, and you're Tangie, you're, uh, you're going to, you're hosting uh, your, your own by the brook here. It will have already happened once this airs. But you're doing, you know, I know you're doing that. And so you're going to host a group of moms in. And so um, I, I I hope that you'll you'll uh, make other opportunities for respite for yourself, too. 
I, I need to. It's part of my, um, I think, my trauma <laughs> because I'm on mm-hmm. high alert all the time with Caleb. Yeah. No, I mean, if you don't know how to read somebody and they're not your child, uh, how do you step off? I don't know how to do that. Um, and yeah. so he's going to be there by the brook, but he's going to be in another area of the church. But again, um, I, I, you know, like I, we had a conversation earlier about therapy and needing help. And I, and I always thought I was weird because, like he said, why wouldn't you want to get out of the house? But um, anxiety will trap you mm-hmm. uh, yeah swirling yeah. thoughts what will happen if i leave mm-hmm. and this happens then i'm going to blame right. myself and i don't know i know men and women are different so i, I love you <laughs> but for <laughs> women i don't know give me that mother thing that we knew our child nine months before you know they ever held them or whatever right. but right. i feel so responsible um and i probably am holding myself hostage but I have seen near-death experiences with my own son. cannot speak for Mm -hmm. himself. I've seen him purple. I've seen him airlifted so many times, and I think I'm living in some trauma. Yes, no, and there's zero judgment. This is friend. This is friend to friend. Um, But no, and it's it is so hard, and I get I I get it because I'm the same way. It's like it's so hard to to want to step away and allow other people in, and uh, so I get. That that is hard, but I'm glad you're going to have by the brook um, that experience to to get to be with other moms and and to do that. And you know, I love what your son Zachary's doing. He has come up with a creative way to help support your parents' night out. So tell us about that. So Zachary has um, anxiety too, and um, his autism is off the hook. <laughs> so he's actually getting yeah. a receipt help um, uh, from a company that I literally called in New Jersey and said, have you ever considered doing a satellite in the area? Wow. So I finally got him down. And um, with that being said, um, with his anxiety, he picks his skin like picking his skin off his hands and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because he's bored. It's just part of anxiety. And so I decided he could pick paper off crayons because anytime we were sunburned, he would always say, let me peel your skin or we would put glue on his hands and whatever. And so something just popped in my mind saying, Hey, why don't you just do some crayons and let him pick paper off of them. And then that turned into melting them down and making them, um, they look like lady fingers <laughs> and they're swirly wow. and everything. And he, so he'll also break the crayons and it just helps with his anxiety. And then um, we make some beautiful crayons and we put them, we package them. We put a story on them. We put our church website um, and we're actually going to partner with a company here in town. That's non-for-profit and he will be their first artisan. Oh, that's so great. And then um, they get a little percent, and then most of the percentage goes back to the um, personal organization. So that's the way Zachary's given back, and the crayons are donated. So when people are cleaning up, I'm like, either we'll come get them, or you can drop them off on my doorstep. Mm. Um, But we would love to have your crayons. And so he is making a difference. He's not able to work in the community, and he's 
you know, I want him to feel like he's making a difference and not just sitting around mm. constantly swirling on the iPad. That's not good for anybody. Right. And uh, he's learning how to run a little business and um, he likes it. That is so great. And what a creative way to bring uh, something that, that could have, you know, something that maybe had been bothersome, you know, the picking that could have been bothersome, but turning it into something positive and for a yeah. way for him to give back. I know that's got to make him feel uh, special too when when people comment on his crayons and his work and the things that he's doing. So good job. Good job coming up with that one for him. That is that is amazing. Yeah. Well, I know, Andy, you're involved with something called Creative Hearts. So tell us about that. Yeah, uh, Creative Hearts is something that was uh, started through the Wilson Arts Council. Uh, it's, a, it's a new program and it's designed to inspire individuals with disabilities uh, through fun and engaging uh, art. Uh, The focus on building self-confidence, refining uh, fine motor skills, and improving social skills. The program's in the early stages. I think there's been what they call one mixer so far. And Mm -hmm. the way they do it, they have two separate nights they'll go through and have volunteers that will come down and work with individuals with special needs. One night would be for children and then the other night is for the adults so this is in the early stages uh the good thing about it is it's another thing that's bringing awareness to individuals with special needs there's a big need for it uh and but the community i think has 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 done really well not a big city but it's done real well on helping individuals with special needs and this is another way but it's basically Mm -hmm. The Arts Council work with individuals with special needs and and just getting them out there. And, and social skills is just one big area that uh, that we've seen, even when parents not out, that these individuals will look for, be around mm-hmm. other people and socializing. Mm-hmm. Friendships, community. Yeah, friendships, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So great. I love that you guys are giving back in so many ways. And not only you guys, but, you know, your son, Zachary, giving back. And it's just such a great way to see how you've taken your story and are using it to love and bless other people. And, you know, you're 23 years down the road with your boys, but, you know, I know you can think back to those early days. And what would you say now that you're 23 years down the path, what would you say to to a younger parent who may be sitting there in the NICU or maybe just getting ready to bring home a child that they have just found out is going to have disabilities or you know, just walking out the doctor's office with it, with their first diagnosis, what would you say to encourage them on this journey? Um, I think I do most of the doctor, doctor's appointments now because Caleb has more appointments than Zachary. And then having twins, someone has to be home with the other twin while you're taking the uh, other one to a doctor's appointment. So I see more in the doctor's visits and I'm out more. <laughs> and uh, I think one of the key things and we've learned this by being at the Ronald McDonald House also, is knowledge is key, being around other parents that have been through it. And then you can, what God is allowing us to go through, we can help other people out on that journey. We've been through it, we know. And it's, you're putting your faith in God. I mean, it's a, it's a struggle. It's, it's, a, it's a long walk that we've gone through. And you see people that are just starting out when you got to doctor's visits that are, in the early stages, but giving them the information that they need. Uh, most of the uh, information that we got and the help that we got along the way, we heard it from other parents. 
at the Ramadan. Did you know you have access to this? Because it was never told to us. Mm. Uh, did you know you had right. access to this? And we do the same thing. We pass that information along. To, do you know you have access to this? Yeah. You know you can get help doing this. And so it's just being there to talk with them, to to give them the information they need. To, uh, hey, go check this resource out. And we've had people that helped us out, and we just want to pass that along. But it is, I think, the one disturbing thing about it is that the divorce rate for uh, parents of individuals with disabilities is very high. So you got a lot of these ones that are doing it on their own. So you got maybe one right. parent that's doing it and they're working and they're having to rely on somebody else to either go to IEPs, uh, to the meetings at school and all these other things. So it's, it's difficult, but mm-hmm. you may, you have to have faith. Uh, and it, sometimes it's, it's, you don't see it in front of it. We see the small, the small things I think is, is the, key in this look at the small victories like Tanji was saying earlier if if he's just grabbing your hand or smiling at you those are small victories right and just let them right. take advantage of those small victories because those are the ones that lead to the winning the big battles uh just let them know that there's people there they're not in it alone i think is the main thing because a lot of people think that they're just doing it by herself but there's a lot of people out mm-hmm. there that are doing the same thing they're doing yeah. uh and I think knowledge is key in just passing that knowledge along. If I could chime in, I, I got a few things, Becky, I'd love to say. Like, I would say if you are married, find time to date your husband. If it's once a month, just connect, you know. The best way you can, start slow and then, you know, work your way up. Um, I would say find a support group. Um, do not be embarrassed. Um, talk to other people, other parents, people that you can confide in. I would say find a church, find a church that understands you and accept you with your situation. Um, I would say, like he said, celebrating your small victories. Don't ever overlook it and think that you got a big victory coming. I mean, take it as it comes. Um, Take time for yourself, you know, and that's one thing I'm still working on. Um, not feeling guilty. I think that's a big thing is not feeling guilty. If something happens, Mm -hmm. we cannot control things. And I think as a parent, as a mama, we want to control it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we feel like we need to control it and then seek a counselor, a Christian counselor. If you know, you're working with the Lord, you want Christian counseling. and, And that's one thing that I'm learning I don't know why I waited so long. I think I was just going with the mm. waves and I felt like it was normal. It was normal for right. me to do this. And as I've been listening to other things um, lately, especially your broadcast, I, I'm i not normal. <laughs> just I'm trying to, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm trying uh, to ride these waves. Well, I mean, you know, I'm normal, but yeah, I think we have gotten so wrapped up into our not so normal. We didn't go to Paris. We end up in Holland that that was not the tickets we bought. Right. We wanted to go to Paris and we, we, we came to right. Holland and we're in this foreign land and we're trying to figure it out. So I would say to a younger mm-hmm. parent, find somebody with a map and get close to them. And yes, there are going to be segues. You're going to have to, to, you may have to burn new paths. Don't be afraid and, and pray and ask yeah. God to lead God and direct you because um, you're your child's advocate. And mm-hmm. you can never stop. You'll never stop learning. Yeah. You'll never stop yeah. learning. Keep, keep going. Don't give up. There's hope. And I think that's what she was saying also about finding a good church. 
a lot of churches are not equipped to handle special needs individuals. And so I think you have to seek out somewhere that has some experience in it uh, because you, we've heard horror stories of people being turned away from churches cause their mm-hmm. kids have special needs. We can't handle them in here. And which is you, when you go to church, you should be able to be accepted at any church. But unfortunately there's a lot of churches that don't accept it, except individual right. special needs. So you need to find a good church that, that is willing to accept you for the way it should be who you are mm-hmm. uh, instead of, you know, what mm-hmm. can you bring to us? Well, I'm, I know you guys have talked about this throughout this whole episode, but you know, you've been through a lot in your life, but you are sitting here. I'm looking at you. You have smiles on your faces. You're joyful. And so what would you say? What are ways that you rise above your circumstances and you choose to find joy in your story? For me, I want to take the obstacles that have come my way and turn them into opportunities. I, I want to be there for other parents. I feel like that what I've been through has been traumatizing, but I know that God's never left my side, even though I've had to walk through hard places, but to take those times and just turn them into opportunities, such as Parents Not Out um, and many more opportunities for these moms and um, to love on the siblings and um, use our pain um, to offer something that's not around and to make a difference in the community. Mm-hmm. And so taking that pain and turn it into love and serving. Yeah. What about you, Andy? And I, I think also uh, you, you take what God has given you um, and you do the best you can with it. Uh, I think the blessings and the joy comes from, for me, is from helping other people, uh, seeing uh, their struggles. And then, you know, if you can do just an uh, hour, two hours, three hours a month just to bless somebody, uh, it's kind of like giving the gift and not receiving the gift. You always, you know, you like most people want to see the joy on somebody's face when they receive a gift. And it's the same thing. It's a gift. And God has allowed us to go through this. Uh, we don't know why. It's taken what we have and the way he's taught us along the way. If we can teach other people, uh, that's the joy in it because uh, mm-hmm. it is yeah. it's a struggle. It's a battle. It's a fight. Nothing's given to you. You've got to fight for everything you 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 need. Uh, so, But it, it is the, the small victories are, are the joy, I think, and uh, just talking with people. I mean, just hearing stories and passing along, getting them you know, by yourself. So, you know, that's, you get joy. I get joy in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that's huge. It's huge hearing people's story and and letting them know they're seen and loved and and just I love how you guys have used your story to impact so many others. And so Andy and Tangi, thank you guys so much for being on the show. And I appreciate you sharing part of your journey. I know there's so much more that we didn't have time to delve into, but thank you guys for all you're doing and for your heart families just like ours so thank you guys thank you thank you so much thank you for joining us on this episode of rising above with becky davidson created and produced by rising above ministries to learn more about us and our resources for special needs families visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app 
If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.